Welcome to Fireside Nets, the number one Nets podcast for everything Brooklyn Nets related news, opinions, reactions, breakdowns, segments. We do it all here. We are your hosts. I'm Spen. He's Pete. And today we have a very, very special guest, the lead editor for Nets Daily, the longtime lead editor for Nets Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Windrum, welcome to the show. Good to be here. I feel like this has been a long time coming. You and I have, have been in contact for a while. I did not know that you did podcast appearances. So I, I would have asked you, in all honesty, a while back. I'm not that mysterious. <laughs> I, I will do I will do almost anything for airtime. Yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, a Nets Daily, I guess, subscriber. I don't know what you call it, a member for a very, very long time coming. So this is... It's really cool. It's definitely really, really cool. Yeah, I was in a I was in an elevator two years ago, and it was a couple with their very young son, and the and the husband said to the wife, very sotto voce, um, "That's Bob Winter. That's Nick Daly." And I went, "Jesus!" <laughs> I have on the floor of an Atlantic City casino by somebody who recognized me, and I've got to get this chair situated right here. We go. Yeah. You got um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm do, I'll am do what you want, you know. I love that. You got the Brad Pitt treatment, huh? They're, they're recognizing you. They're whispering. Ooh. That's that's incredible. I, uh, right, that, you know, <laughs> I, think you, I think you're more handsome than Brad Pitt, in my opinion. Facts. Facts. All right. Before we get started, uh, real fast, can we all just have a good laugh? at Mikhail Bridges' response to that former Brooklyn Nets cheerleader today. So for anyone who's on Nets Twitter, uh, former Brooklyn Nets dancer, talked about having potential sexual escapades with multiple Nets last season. She said they weren't bench players. Mikhail Bridges' response was, I was a Phoenix son. Right. Genius. J- just, a, you know, that, that's that's our guy, Mikhail Bridges. You know, showing up, putting it out there, hey – Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't, but it wasn't me. I was in Phoenix last year. Yeah, I, I've been told by a couple of people that that is not real. And I, I don't understand why it's not real, but people who I respect have told me that uh, that interview is not real. It's either old. I don't know. Um, but, oh. you know, for the most part, they're single. So who cares? Yeah. Listen, what, what Nets players do in their own bedrooms is, is none of our business. Uh um, but apparently, you know, some people like to put it out in the podcast world. And, yeah, it's that's bizarre, by the way. If you want to make up a story like that for, for clout, that's just, you know, f- find a find a better slight than mysteriously saying you had relations with a bunch of anonymous players. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's never been used before. Never. 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 So – my, my first question to you, Bob, is, is you know, everyone listening, well, most people listening know who what Nets Daily is and, and who you are. But for anyone out there who isn't familiar with Nets Daily, could you please just kind of give a brief summary as, as to what Nets Daily is? Um, we like to call ourselves the most comprehensive source of information on, uh, on the Nets. Um, and that goes to everything from, you know, the games to 
to um, coaching, GMs, uh, teams, finances, a little bit of international relations with the last two owners. Um, and, you know, we have a pretty, um, we have a pretty robust uh, Twitter presence. We've got 58,000 uh, followers. And I've been doing this for 19 years. The, uh, the site went up February 6th of 2004. And I joined a year later, um, and I've been on since. Uh, John Schumann, now with NBA.com, um, he was the founder. And then basically, he had a couple of other guys who worked with him. And then he has, his daughter, now 19, um, was born. And he needed somebody to fill in for a couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks became 19 years. Um, but, you know, we do, we do um, for every game. And this includes the Liberty now as well. We do a game preview. Um, we do a game thread. We do a game recap. We do a lot of film studies that uh, Lucas Kaplan uh, primarily does. Um, we're starting to do now um, post post game. Uh, what are the takeaways from the game? We started doing that this year. Um, so, you know, we wind up, I think, only one day in the last 10 years did we not have some original uh, material on the site so we and that that to me is very important if you want to get people to come back you got to keep feeding them and you got to become um you got to be part of their their fandom oh yeah so. and uh yeah lucas kaplan very cool guy he was on my podcast but uh next still he has a lot of a lot of great guys dexter henry uh yep. of course pooch like a, a lot of these guys that are just you know, plowing their way in, I guess, in the sports media world. And uh, Next Daily was kind of one of their early shots, I guess. I don't know if you yep. want to call it that, but you've helped them grow a lot. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the best moments in my 19-year tenure was after the Nuggets won the NBA championship last year. And the next day, Matt Brooks, who had left us like two months before, um, posted a picture of him holding the O'Brien trophy, his hair soaked with champagne. And I just, I saw it and I just said, wow. Um, because that was, that was a big thrill because, you know, Matt started with us. He developed, he did those same film studies that Lucas is doing now and ultimately got known and applied for the job with the Nuggets. I remember uh, talking to them, giving, giving them our, our recommendation and then you know he's winds up on a, he winds up on an nba championship team which was you know great so you know i i think basically i have two roles role number one is to be the editor i look at all the copy um i work closely with pooch in in you know developing writers and other things but they the two jobs are essentially providing that comprehensive picture of what the nets are doing and trying to help young kids who are very talented get better jobs, get real jobs, jobs that pay. Um, and we've done that a number of times. And and you know that I'm as proud of that as I am of of you know posting whatever news um, you know that comes our way. Pooch, uh, former guest of the pod, we had him on a few weeks ago. Matt Brooks back in the day was on Fireside. We've had. Uh, a few Nets Daily writers on this show, and and reason being, they're, they're some of the best writers uh, around the Brooklyn Nets. So, Bobby, do a great job with hiring, and, and we like a lot of the people that you bring on. Um, I, I want 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely want to get into this year's squad. Um, very unique year, right? Coming off, uh, you know, a few seasons with the big three, then it became the big two. Didn't work out. Now we have sort of these these new look nets. So through through four games, uh, they're two and two, and just kind of give me your overall thoughts on this team so far. What you what you've seen, what you like, um, what the overall vibes are after uh, after a five hundred record in four games. I think I think the clearest way that I can so far um, encapsulate what I've seen is we be dancing again. Um, this is 2018-19 with a lot more talent. Um, and I think that if you look at 2018-19, there was a lot of underestimating of that team. Uh, I can remember talking to Dmitry uh, Razumov, who was the chairman of the Nets and Michael Prokhorov's number two. And it was the last game of the season, and uh, it was the Dwayne Wade goodbye. Um, and I, I talked to him. And I said, I really wanted them to win tonight because it would be 42 wins. And that was my prediction. And he said, really? You wrote that down somewhere? And I said, yeah. He said, I had 37. And he was, you know, he was the guy. He was the owner's rep. Um, so, I mean, there's a bit of that. Um, and the team is likable. The team is, from everything we can see, close. The team is deep. And, you know, there's some real surprises i mean cam johnson is one lonnie walker the fourth is another um you know ben is slowly but surely making his way back to where he was um not quite there he's still allergic to uh he's still allergic to you know to getting fouled but um taking it all the way in a, in a crowded situation but other than that he's been terrific and one of the reasons why i think the offense is working so well is he is an absolute master at setting up people, you know, getting getting three-point shooters open. And we're seeing that. I mean, the Nets three-point shooting, um, you know, which lost Joe Harris, the number three all-time three-point shooter. Seth Curry, the number four. Um, Patty Mills, who was in the top 100. I mean, you lost all those three guys, and yet you are seeing them hit those threes at you know close to a league leading rate and part of that is is Simmons um the other thing that is Simmons is rebounding um you know everybody kept saying how are we going to rebound how are we going to rebound and I would occasionally say well this guy we have as a point guard has a career average of 8.8 .8. um and you know he's doing that he's now he's 14th in the NBA in rebounds from the point guard position he's also 10th in assists and yeah he's critical and Bridges is still Bridges. He's working his way in and uh, offensively, and he's picked up two 20-point games. Um, but he's also playing very solid defense, as you would expect him to. And I think he's also a leader. You can see that when, when people talk about him um, and when he talks about teammates. Uh, you can see him trying to establish himself as a leader and also being the beneficiary of um being the beneficiary of having good you know having good players around him uh that can help him in both offensive and defense i mean uh, i i predicted a 42 win season and said i could i could be convinced three games either way um 39 wins 45 wins 
Um, I think 45 is still a good number. I still need to know more about what Nick Claxton's situation is. I still need to know more what uh, Cameron Johnson's situation is. Um, how long are they going to be out? Um, is this possibly going to be recurring? I mean, health is always an issue. I mean, last year, the big surprise in the NBA was the Sacramento Kings. One of the reasons was they also had the lowest by a long shot um, injury uh, record. Uh, so it was health that was a big factor in them being the surprise. And I think that could be true of the Nets this year. Um, they could be a surprise. And again, it's health. Um, you know, I said during the offseason that I could not imagine Michael Bridges and Nick Claxton missing a combined one game to injury last year. Claxton missed six games, four were for rest, one was for uh, to attend a family member's funeral, and the last one, and only one, was injury-driven. So this year he's already missed three games to injury. Um, you know, we need to know how, you know, how he's going to be, how he's going to be for the rest of the season. He has put a priority on playing as, as often as he can. So it must be very tough for him right now to, to be missing these games. I mean, and not just because he has a, it's a big contract decision at the end of the year, but also because he takes pride in it. Um, so, but I think at the end of the day, in addition to health, it's going to be the depth. And so far, that is as big a surprise as Cam Johnson. I mean, Armani Brooks is not going to hit 80% every game. But if Armani Brooks hit a couple of big shots in summer league, you know, the Nets had a very successful summer league team. And he hit a lot of big shots, I think especially in the last couple of games. And he's hitting from 30 feet away. Um, you know, People say, well, he's not going to be Joe Harris. Well, when Joe Harris came to the Nets, he had been, in a matter of one day, um, he, had, he had undergone surgery, uh, was traded, and was cut while he was still under anesthesia. Um, so, I mean, you can't get lower than that. And Joe Harris became as good a three-point shooter as there is in the NBA or, you know, until recently anyway. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of potential there. Um, I do want to see more of that. I mean, we've only seen the Nets play 5% of their games, four out of 82. Uh, so it's going to take a while, but if you're a Nets fan, you've got to be encouraged you know, by what you've seen so far. I, I think, over. yeah, I, I think there's a few things that, you, you know, in the off season, we, we talked about, we weren't sure it would come to fruition. And, and so far it has. And, and number one, that's Sean Marks' strategy to get quicker and younger, right? Mm -hmm. The, the oldest guy on this team now, um, oof, is it Mikhail or is it Cam Johnson? One of those two, right? No, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie. And how he's 30. Yeah. Yes. He's just, yeah. He just turned 30. So yeah, that, that's right. 3.30. Okay. So that's, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely something that, you know, we looked at and a lot of these guys that, that, that Sean Marks picked up Lonnie Walker, Trendon Watford, you know, Armani Brooks getting the two way. Um, am I missing any, uh, not Darius Baisley, um, Harry Giles, the third, these are guys, these are proven players who Trendon Watford. Watford, right? These are guys who, who, who haven't been able to find a role in the NBA where teams want to keep them in a rotation 
They've bounced around a little bit, and they come to this Nets team. You know, Lonnie Walker was was part of the Western Conference final Lakers last year. He had, he had a huge game in the playoffs. Lakers didn't want him. Lakers wanted to pay other guys. So you bring in, you bring him in. He has been awesome off the bench. I think he's averaging a little bit over 16 points in 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 the first four games. Right. Um, Three games because he didn't play in game one. Right. Yeah. Right. He did not play in game one. Trendon Watford comes in the other night against Miami. He gives them 11 off the bench. Armani Brooks gives, gives him 17 off the bench. That's 45 points off the bench when you have three starters who are not playing and Dinwiddie, Claxton, and Cam Johnson. The other thing that came to fruition is this is one of the deepest Nets teams I think we've seen in a while. Um, it, it, it looks that way. It looks that way. And I think Right now. It, right. Right now. Right now. I mean, look, if they win, if they win tomorrow, all right, they will be, they will have a better record than they started off with last year when they fired Steve Nash. Remember, they were two and five. They'd be, you know, they'd have three wins. So there's, I mean, the goals are are high, but as, as I said to somebody the other day, this team becomes more successful than either of the last two big three teams when they win a game in the playoffs um, because right. the last two teams did not. Um, so, and right now that doesn't seem like a, uh, you know, like a, like a leap right now. Um, you've got to be hopeful. Um, two and two is two and two, but two and two, you've got four really fun games. Um, I mean, I looked at, I watched, I watched the, uh, the Doncic game, you know, the end of it, you know, again, and that, you know, what Doncic did that night, you know, I don't know if another player in the NBA, other than maybe Kevin Durant, maybe LeBron, um, you know, or, or the two the two big guys could put that together, but man, the way he just hit those threes and, and it was astonishing. It was a, it was a game that you were going to find hard to win if somebody is playing like that. And he, and he did. So again, they lost that game by five. They lost the opener by one. Um, and those were disappointing, but you could see even in those two games, where they were headed you could you could start i mean first of all cam cam thomas is is throwing up everything and it's going in um but there were a lot of other things that that were encouraging uh you know simmons was encouraging the depth was encouraging and you know, overall i think you looked at that team and uh and you said i can root for these guys you know i can root for these guys i can be happy rooting for these guys and you know i think most players most most fans are. There's still a lot of them out there hiding after the first four games um, who are, you know, who were very pessimistic. And and I'll be honest, I, you know, just before the season began, I was going, this could be a disaster. And then, you know, an hour later, I'd say, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's, there's here and there that could happen. And, you know, but they're a little better than I thought they were going to be. That's fair. I, I know you had brought up Mikhail Bridges earlier. Uh, we talked about the good we've seen. Mm-hmm. Now, in those first two games, yeah. he was outshined by Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic, who, in his defense, are top 25 players. Doncic is a top five player. Mitchell is most likely top 15 or, or 20 in that range. Is there any part of you, Bob, that's a little bit concerned 
that Mikhail's not going to live up to the guy that he was at the end of last season? I think that he has more help now. I think he is such a team player. Um, we're talking offense now. Um, you know, that he'll that he'll figure that out. I mean, you can see that the last two games. He certainly figured it out within the context of Ben, within the context of Cam. And defense, he may even be better um, now than he was at last year. So I, I'm not worried about him. Um, again, I'm worried more about health than anything else. Are you concerned when Clax comes back about the spacing with the offense? We see that Dorian Finney-Smith at the five has really opened things up a lot. What do you think about that? I think that what you're starting to see, mainly because of the injuries, but also I think is a strategy, and you can see it in the number of minutes, is that Jacques Vaughn's playing a lot of guys a lot of minutes. Now, part of that may be experimentation. But I also think what it is, it's a way for him to use certain skilled players uh, like like Dorian Finney-Smith, um, you know, who can who can come in and, and change things. And you, you're you know you're seeing a lot of guys getting a lot of minutes. I mean, first couple of games, I think there was what one player, and it was Bridges, who had, had more than twenty nine, averaging more than twenty nine minutes a game. I mean, that's one indication of that. And what you're also seeing is there's a lot of skills now. Jock is going to you know always be judged on his rotations as any coach is and he's going to be making a lot of those decisions and a lot of those decisions you know could come into question but i think right now if you look at it i mean look people are saying the nets have to do a better job or he has to do a better job in rotations and i say look what he did with armani brooks last night i mean armani brooks was in long island you know, on Tuesday, um, and they put him on a plane and they flew him to Miami, and he comes in and he hits five and six. You know, and they and he sh and Chuck Vaughn showed a lot of confidence in him. You know, he said that he even has, you know, he said that he has confidence that Harry Johns could do that. I'm going to be very interested in that, um, and I'm also going to be very interested to see what happens with uh, Derek Whitehead. Um, because I think I, when I was at the media day and Derek Whitehead came in and I looked at him and I said, this guy for 19 years old, I mean, he is, he is a big guy. It's not just that he's 6'7", he's 6'7 and 220. Um, and, you know, that is a, I, he must have used a lot of his time post-operative to, to bulk up because I don't remember that. I don't remember, you know, that from Duke. I mean, he was a big guy at Duke, but now he was, you know, it was, it was, I was surprised. I mean, I was literally surprised. Went, wow. I did not realize that he's, you know, that, that, that he's that big. And what that means is also, and as Mark said at the time of the draft, he thinks he can play multiple positions. Um, you know, He's also the youngest net ever, and you know they don't really need him right now. And who knows? And you know, they take their time. Uh, they take their time with recovery. I mean, his his surgeon said in June told Woj that he expected him to be ready for um, for training camp. Well, he wasn't ready for Nets training camp. He was ready for Long Island Nets training camp. 
Um, but I remember talking to somebody and I said, yeah, well, doctor says this. And this Nets person said, I don't think so. And he says, I think we'll take our time. And they always do that. You know that. If, you, if you're a Nets fan for more than 20 minutes, you know, they take their time with it, with injuries. So I'm interested in that. And I'm, you know, I'm interested in a lot of things that we still don't, we still don't know about. Um, and look, I'm no expert. Uh, yeah, Lucas, Lucas can handle that. Matt can handle that. Uh, I mean, you know. But I think that I do think that there's plenty of evidence, at least in the first five percent of the season, that you're going to see um, that you're going to see a lot of people getting a lot of a lot of time. And I think that solves. I don't I don't know if it solves, but I think it goes a long way towards solving the issue that you brought up, Pete. Gotcha. Gotcha. A lot, a lot of Nets fans are excited about Derek Whitehead. Uh, he's gotten the most buzz out of all the rookies, Jalen Wilson, Noah Clowney. Uh, he's been the guy that, that Nets fans are clamoring for. So excited to see him get healthy and, and you know, eventually see some time. Uh, you know, we, talk, we talked a little bit about Cam Thomas, Bob, and I, I just wanted to know from your perspective, um, are you shocked with the ascension of, of Cam Thomas, not just the scorer, but the basketball player this season – and then sort of the, the part B to this question is, will he end up being the leading scorer for the Nets at the end of the year? Well, I think we just finished talking about the Nets being patient with, with um, rehabbing somebody. They're also patient at developing players. They realize they have four years. Um, you know, and they, you, you can't, you, you can't, um, you know, sign somebody to an extension until this year, um, at the end of this year. Uh, so they 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 took their time with him. Now, I always loved Cam Johnson or Cam Thomas. I mean, I remember that that game that he won as a rookie in summer league with that you know overtime shot that was just impossible. And I remember, I remember he they sent him down, and people may not remember this because it was so short. They sent him down to um, Long Island. And he, he averaged 39 and a half points in two games. And, you know, I watched those games and I was like, you know, yeah, this guy is, this guy is, is obviously can score. And, but he improved his three-point shooting dramatically um, from year one to two. He improved his defense. Um, I thought that the three 40-point games were absolutely astonishing. I thought that Jacques was unfair when he pointed out that um, two of those games were losses, considering those two games were right after you know, Kevin Durant went down and Kyrie Irving said, I want out of here. Um, I mean, that was the that was the twilight of the gods there. And they didn't have much. And for him to for him to come in and hit 40, you know, 40 straight or 43 times, you know, was just astonishing. I mean, it should have been. I mean, if you looked at all, if you look at all the records that he broke, youngest player ever to have three 40-point games in a row, beating out Allen Iverson. I mean, yeah. So they took their time, and and I think there's a lot to be said for both his ability to to develop. He is a hard worker. Everybody says that. Um, he may be a little awkward personally. I've heard people say that too. But in terms of his his work ethic, 
nobody has ever said anything negative about his work ethic. Um, so I think that surprised at the surprised at the volume, surprised that you know. I mean, I said to somebody the other day, "This is the those those you know first four games or first three games were the second best three game stretch he's ever had." Um, so it shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, the guy averaged 33 over three games and he was averaging 44 over three last year. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked, put it that way. And will he be the leading scorer at the end of the year or will it be Mikel Bridges? I don't know. Um, you know, I could take the cop out and say health, but, uh, I think there's a good chance of both of them, the two of them being 20 point scores, um, not 30 point scores. Um, but I, I also think that, I also think that opponents don't know yet, you know, how to, uh, how to game plan for the Nets. Uh, and with you have, and then you'll have Cam Johnson coming back who people may or may not recall averaged almost 20 points in the playoffs last year. Had a game of what thirty-eight points in the in that in that uh, first round, so you know, I think that there's gonna with with Cam Johnson coming back, with Bridges with teams knowing what Bridges can do, and now having to and now having to look at and at, at what Cam Thomas can do, it may take it may take not to you know and also Ben Simmons. It's going to take them a while to game plan. Um, and I think that's obviously uh, good. And then, of course, if you have, you know, Lonnie Walker coming out of nowhere, yeah, I mean, that makes it even more difficult. He has been so smooth off the bench. I got to say, in, in terms of just smoothness, him and Cam Thomas, their offensive games are, are so refined, so nice. Obviously, Lonnie does it at a lesser volume than, than Cam. He doesn't see the same minutes. Um, right. But both those guys have just been just been excellent off the dribble. Uh Bob, you've been an avid, I don't know if defender is the right word, I'll say supporter of Sean Marks um, throughout his throughout his tenure here as, as GM. And I just I, I wanted to sort of hear your thoughts on Sean Marks. You know, a lot of people on Nets Twitter, they diss him, they come at him, they they uh, criticize him, and and you've stuck with him the entire way. Uh, so just just talk to me for a second, you know, about Sean Marks and 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 why you've you've been supporting him throughout these years. I remember that I remember when he walked in the door. All right. I remember that the Nets had no draft picks. I'm not talking about no firsts and some seconds. No, they had no draft picks. Um, and I had people, respected people, beat writers tell me that they thought it would take five years. I remember one saying maybe 10 years for the Nets to get back to where they, you know, to where they had been. <laughs> um, and it took three years. Um, and he did a lot of really smart things in three years. Now, the big three area, he had his, he certainly had issues. There was some luck, bad luck involved with uh, their, you know, their, their success. And, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Kyrie's as I think everybody knows. And I think that he, he was as big a problem for them as, as, as anybody. In, and I think that if you look at what he's done since February 9th of last year when they traded um, 
you know, KD, uh, there's not a lot there to be, you know, negative about. I mean, the, uh, who was it, CBS Sports? CBS Sports ranked all the traded picks that every one of the 30 teams has and said the Nets had the best long-term pick and the best um, you know, group of, of, uh, of traded picks. And then... I think it was Bleacher Report came out after that and looked at all the picks traded, you know, and and you know, your own picks, et cetera. And all they looked also at second round picks. And they put the Nets in the top five. So that's a big turnaround. And then you look at the things that he did with Lonnie Walker the fourth, who is 24 years old. All right. Last year made $6.5 million. They got him for the vets minimum. I don't know how they did that. Um, you know, Dennis Smith, who you know, who's had who's had injuries the last couple of games, but Dennis Smith was also, you know, somebody who a lot of teams wanted, and he said that he had teams who who were offering him more money, but he decided to go with the Nets. Um, and then the you know, and then Bridges Johnson. Uh, I mean, and now Dorian Finney-Smith, they have an enormous amount of flexibility. They have issues. Like if they go over the repeater tax, either this, or excuse me, the luxury tax, either this year or next year, they will have to pay the repeater tax in 25, 26, which is the big free agent year. So I don't think you're going to see them spending a lot of money um, unless there's a dramatic um, improvement in the team. But I think the other thing is Sean Marks is a really, really smart person. Um, and I, you know, I worked at NBC for 40 years and I got to meet a lot of really, really smart people. And he's a really, really smart guy. Um, and I think that if he can do it again, I mean, that'd be extraordinary. Um, and they don't want to, they don't want to. They don't want to tank. They could have. They could have traded Bridges. They could have traded Dorian Finney-Smith. They could have got six first-round picks for those two guys. Um, but like a lot of owners um, in New York, uh, I don't think Joe Sy believes that you can rebuild and do a complete rebuild in New York City. And I think the logic of that is this. You're in New York City. You have a lot of ways to spend your entertainment dollars. And if your team is going to be in a hole for three or four years, you risk those entertainment dollars being spent by somebody on other forms of entertainment, and then you're going to have a hard time getting back. This isn't Portland. Um, you know, this isn't Salt Lake City. This isn't Memphis. This isn't even San Antonio. Um, this is New York City. Um, and the general belief has always been, and this is not something new, that you can't rebuild in New York City or you can't go into a full rebuild. Now, they will admit to you, you know, up to and including Marx, that re winning while rebuilding is difficult, if not impossible. Um, but that's where they are. So they're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to try that. So far, it looks like it could work. Um, and I, again, I think that it's not just the it's not just him there's a i was told the other day they have the biggest scouting department in the nba that they just keep adding guys um and that sort of thing gets lost when you're 
when you're um, measuring GMs. Um, I mean, there it's 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 interesting to me that there are there are players out there who love him, who you know who have said very one have said wonderful things about him, including Cam Thomas recently, by the way. And then there are others, I am told, who you know who used to play for the Nets, who are not enamored of him. Um, and I'm sure that's that's true. A lot of a lot of places where somebody's been around for that long, but and told Brooke Lopez is not a fan. Uh, you know, D'Lo has said he's not a fan. Um, so, but I think overall, you know, he's he's done it. He's failed. He's he admitted that you know that it, a lot of it was was on him. Of course, a lot of it was on other people too. Um, but I think that overall, he knows what he's doing, and if you can get if you can get a 24 year old Lonnie Walker the fourth and show what he can do and give him an opportunity, a guy who you know who thought he was about to make a big jump in salary, willing to go from six and a half million dollars down to a vet's minimum, that's a real positive. And you know, and and the picks I like. Um, and you have to look at the you know long term. They've got they've got a lot of picks. And I was looking today. They have six players, twenty two or uh, under, six or seven, um, with the signing of Keon Johnson. Um, and a lot of those guys are in the rotation. Um, and they have all but three of their players are twenty seven or under. And and you know they're in. Good, they're in good places. Um, you know, Bridges has three years left on a very reasonable contract. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson has, um, you know, has a four-year deal. Um, Cam Thomas, you know, will be on a rookie contract for two more years. Um, you know, Derek Whitehead, if he becomes, if he becomes a player, he's going to be, he's going to be around for another four years. Um, so, you know, they've got not just the draft picks, they've got a number of good players. And if Ben Simmons is the Philadelphia Ben Simmons, so that we all hope he is, that $40 million contract next year is not, you know, is not so much a burden. Um, you know, it's, it's value. Uh, a lot of people may not believe that. It's hard to believe. But remember, this is a guy who was a three-time All-Star, one-time third-team All-NBA, twice all defense first team, once defensive player of the year, runner up, um, rookie of the year, et cetera. So if he returns to that by the end of this year, and you look at that contract for next year, that's may not be a bad thing. I know it's early, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It, it looks like Mark has ha Marks has had a fantastic offseason thus far. You know, we, we, we flamed out in the playoffs against Philly last season, but obviously he saw some pieces there during that series and, and the end of the end of the regular season. He said, look, I might not be able to go out and get get KD or or pay one of these big superstars right now, but I'm going to build around Mikhail Bridges. I'm going to build around Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson, and I'm going to make a team. We might not be the most talented up front. You know, we might not be the most top-heavy team in the league, but from 1 to 12, we're going to be one of the hardest-working teams in the league. And they have the right coach for it in Jacques Vaughn because he's he has a run-and-gun style offense that everyone seems bought into. And it's hard not to like uh, what Brooklyn 
is doing right now, and it's hard not to like what Sean Marks has done this offseason. But we're, we're it's early. We got a, a lot of games left. Percent um, of the season. There you go, Pete. Right. I, I'm I'm going to intro uh, Pete's segment now. This is called "The People Want to Know." Them. So Pete, go for it. All right. Like I mentioned before, longtime member of Nets Daily. A lot of people forget that Nets Daily broke the Joe Johnson trade. Do you have a story behind that? And were you surprised you guys kind of beat Woj and Shams back then? Um, I knew about that trade, I guess it was a week and a half, two weeks before. And I had this agreement that I wouldn't break it. Um because the Nets at that point had not told Darren Williams that they had gotten Joe Johnson. And they wanted to present that news, break that news to to Darren Williams when they were when they had their big negotiating session with him. Because remember, you know, uh Mark Cuban wanted him. Um and so, you know, somebody trusted me and, uh, and gave me the information. And I, I was told you cannot run it until after five o'clock, which is when the, which is when our session with D will, uh, takes place. And at five Oh three, I just hit the button, um, you know, and put it out. I mean, we've had some, we've had some, we've had some good stories here over the years, but that was probably our biggest news break. Um, you know, and we, we have little ones. I mean, two days ago, we we wrote up that uh, Derek Whitehead was now going five on five and was essentially practicing. Um, and we had that first. Um, one of my favorite stories is that we broke was the uh, was the training facility, um, where it was going to be located, uh, what it was going to look like. Um, you know, that was that was a big that was a big one for us. And you know, again. Little ones, big ones, but you know, we're not so much about that. We are, we do that, but you know, we're more about we're more about being comprehensive. I mean, that's what it says on the masthead, and that is that is the priority. Um, and that's not just on the site, but also on our social media. You know, there's a little, some stuff we just throw out uh, on social media that we don't do stories on, um, but just to keep up um, and. Again, be comprehensive. Clara Wusai is going to talk about women's sports to the Washington Post next week. Um, you know, so we tweeted that out, uh, you know, so that you can go to the Washington Post and, and watch that when it takes place. Um, so, you know, it's it's about being comprehensive, um, and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that we can continue to do that. Pooch is back, which is great. Um, replaced Tom Lorenzo, who I worked with for 10 years and loved. Um, but, you know, Pooch knows this, knows Nets Daily from a, a number of, uh, a number of perspectives. Um, and I think that, you know, he's now engaged. Um, Lucas is terrific. Um, you know, works incredibly hard. Um, you know, Colin does some very good stuff for us. Um, Brian Florentine, God love him, who has been for here for 10 years, does all of our game previews, does all the Liberty game previews, uh, um, and does Liberty game recaps, and does our social justice reporting, and, you know, keeps us, 
keeps us very familiar with what real Brooklyn is like. So we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of good, uh, we have a lot of good kids and we're always looking for new ones. Mm. <clears throat> Being a part of Nets Daily, a lot of uh, stuff I learned was not even from maybe the articles you put out, but in the comments section. Ah, yes. Like, <laughs> I've heard some wild stories about me, Sergey Karasev in Miami. I might have heard something like that back in the day. Is what there was a that? <laughs> what what did you hear? I didn't I, get that. Can I, I repeat? I got I can oh, I, I can I repeat. <laughs> oh there was a few things that were going on in Miami, yeah. Um over the years. <laughs> just one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a favorite story or even maybe just a favorite season you had as part of Nets Daily? As part of Nets Daily of be 1819. Um it just mm. you know. I mean, it was perfect. It, it wasn't perfect. I mean, they won one postseason game. But I know they what you're weren't saying. Doing anything, and they were very likable, and they and they were dancing, and they were having a good time, and you know, and then they did what they had to do because that was the best free agent class um, in five years, um, and they aced it. At least they thought they did. Anyway, um, everybody thought they had, uh, but. You know, favorite story? Oh, yeah, well, there's one I won't tell. Um, but uh, somebody told me I some somebody told me that if if one if if somebody had leaked to me that they were going to be that he had told them that they were going to be fired, and I said, yeah, I know that. Um, so um, that's one of my favorite stories, and I'm not going to get into details. Of course, but, of course. Right. Um, no, I think the I, I think that I mean, there's there's most of the stuff we know we publish. I mean, there's and this yeah. reason we don't publish other stuff is because we don't have enough sourcing on it. Um, and you know, there's trusted writers. You know, we trust some more than others. Um, and I think the one thing that that the one thing that is very helpful to us and to the fans is not so much what you know, but what you know is not going to happen or what rumors are not true. Um, I mean, I was very comfortable in, in not pumping up every Damian Lillard uh, trade rumor because I believe strongly based on who I talked to that that was not real. Um, wow. and, and that's a very, you know, that's a very important part of all of this. Um, and I think that, I think that you have to, you have to, it's, it's running a fan blog is very difficult. If you're you know, a journalist, I was a senior investigative producer at NBC news, you know, for decades, I covered the CIA, I covered terrorism. Yeah. Um, but it's always important to know what's real and what's not real um, so that you can say we're not going to invest a lot of uh, we're not going to invest a lot of time and resources in this we're going to invest them in that um, and yeah you know, last summer I you know I said that you know Kevin Durant had ruined my summer because every day after he made the trade demand there was this that or the other thing you know, he could think, what about the Boston offer with Jalen Brown? What about, you know, what about Arizona? Blah, 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 you know, et cetera. Um, and <laughs> if I had, 
if I had a better grip on things last summer, I, you know, I could have just avoided some of that. But uh, if you don't know, let me rephrase that. If you do know that something's not true, you don't have to invest a lot of time in it. And look, we've had, we have Professor B, who is this anonymous social scientist who works for a, who is a major, major social scientist, um, who is a dedicated Nets fan. And he does stuff for us. He does analytic stuff for us. Um, but you know, around the time of the Damian Lillard um rumors the first part of it um you know he argued he argued that the nets should go for damian lillard and i was fine with that that was his opinion and at the same time lucas kaplan was writing that the Nets should go into a deep rebuild i mean i'm perfectly willing to have people on our staff take different positions um you know and if i can help them with you know with with information that's fine but you know these are both really smart guys they both really know the game they you know they put the work in to do the analysis and i'm happy to have competing analysis uh i don't do a lot of that i don't do a lot of that myself um but you know i've done some of it but you know, i'll leave i'll leave it to lucas and i'll leave it to professor b and i'll leave it you know to pooch and and you know to others to do to do the uh, essays and, and and brian florentine has done them for us as well on the wnba and on you know social justice stuff so you know i'm happy to have i'm happy to have all sides represented but it's helpful if you know what the reality is couldn't agree more uh I, I 100% understand what you're saying. And, um, Bob, we thank you so much for, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, this is episode 173 of Fireside Nets. You are listening to to Bob Winstrom of Nets Daily. You can follow Bob on, on Twitter, at Nets Daily. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just happy to have basketball back, specifically Nets basketball. It seemed like a very long offseason for everybody, but we're four games in. We've seen some some promising play from from this young squad, and uh, hopefully we, we go three and two and we beat the Bulls on Friday. So, Bob, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, any anyone you want to shout out or, or any anything you want to plug before we sign off? Uh, I'm just hoping I I didn't forget to to, uh, to name some of our writers. Uh, <laughs> that's always that's always a concern to me, but yeah, I mean, I, I really do appreciate those guys. Um, and I'm Thanks. really happy when they, when they succeed. Uh, and that's what I said among the, among the great moments of the 19 years was seeing, was seeing Matt Brooks with the Larry O'Brien trophy. I mean, that, I wish, I wish I had been holding it. Um, but one day, know, Bob, one day. Now somebody else um, was a good thing. Good yeah. talk to you. Good talking to you as well. Thanks to everyone for listening. And as always, Bob, by the way, before I forget, you have uh, whenever you want, there is a spot open for you to come on as a guest. You are always welcome to return. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks to everyone for listening.